0: You're listening to Melissa and Lori Love Literacy. Is your district adopting a new English language arts or literacy curriculum? Or have you just ever wondered how to tell if an ELA curriculum is knowledge building? Well, today we'll be talking to Barbara Davidson and Sue Pimentel about a new curriculum review tool that can be found on the Knowledge Matters Campaign website. They will walk through the different parts of the tool and explain how the tool can be used during a curriculum adoption process. Welcome teacher
1: friend, I'm Lori. And I'm Melissa. We are two literacy educators in Baltimore.
0: We want the best for all kids, and we know you do too. Our district recently adopted a new literacy curriculum, which meant a lot of change for everyone. Lori and I can't wait to keep learning about literacy with you today.
2: Hi,
1: everyone. Welcome to Melissa and Lori Love Literacy. Today, we're so excited because we're talking about a way
0: to review curriculum, something that everyone seems to be talking about these days. Absolutely. And we have two amazing guests to talk about it. We have Barbara Davidson, who we just had on in January, and she's the executive director of the Knowledge Matters campaign president of the nonprofit Standards Work, and returning guest from years ago, Sue Pimentel, who is co-founder of Standards Work, um, and a million other <laughs> things that we could say about Sue, but she, they will both talk to us today about the Knowledge Matters Review Tool. So welcome, Barbara and Sue.
2: Thanks. Great, Great to be with you guys.
0: Yeah. Well, we're
1: really excited to dig into this tool. We know that it's a new tool on the scene, on the literacy scene. Um, so we're wondering, how did the review tool, review tool come to be and what need was there for this in the market space?
2: Yeah, I'll take that one for starters. Um, it really was the result of sort of demand in the field, I would say. Um, as many of your uh, viewers, uh, listeners will probably know, we stood up a, uh, the, an enhancement to the Knowledge Matters website uh, a year ago. And in doing so, featured six, now eight, curricula that we think do a particularly fine job of building background knowledge, uh, these ELA curricula, obviously. Um, and a lot of people asked us, well, how did you make that decision? I mean, how did you arrive at those that you did? And and we thought that the, that the website did a pretty fine job of describing that. Um, we weren't so much interested in picking winners and losers. We were far more interested in, in showing people what good looks like, what it looks like, and that it is possible, and that it is possible to both build content knowledge and address literacy skills. Um, and to do so with uh, th- that, there are a variety of ways in which uh, publishers might go about doing that. Uh, these eight curricula now eight that we recognize on the site and lift up and celebrate and ask people to sort of study as as good exemplars um, are very different. Um, and so that was um, you know our purpose at that time. And um, and yet people still you know asked, well, what you know what what went into it and what criteria did you use and who did that work and so forth. So. This is our way of being more sort of explicit um, about what uh, we believe goes into a great ELA curriculum that builds content knowledge along the way and that is really um, puts content knowledge sort of at the center of uh, of the enterprise. Um, so there was a lot of demand, I would say and then and then the second reason that we decided it was important to do is that as the science of reading has become more and more understood and embraced and 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 understood to include the science about the importance of building background knowledge, um I think that that has um present an opportunity to, to really get clear, you know, and, and, and there, there's just more, there's more demand to really understand the connection between content knowledge and reading comprehension. So we felt that the field was sort of, you know, interested in going deeper and, and that's what we feel like, um, uh, or what our hope for, uh, the tool was. Can I add to
3: a couple of sentences to that? So um, part of it is that when you think about knowledge building and when teachers think about knowledge building, almost anything we read builds our knowledge. But the problem is that it's more haphazard and a curricula isn't necessarily built to build knowledge. And so it, it becomes, you know, gosh, I don't know, I guess it kind of builds knowledge. And, and a lot of curricula say they build knowledge um, you know, and, and, and they don't do it sustainably. Um, and so we wanted to be able to show a difference. The second thing is that we know there are lots of review tools out of there. We know ed reports, goodness sakes, they've, you know, been important in the field in terms of, uh, you know, telling us what's HQIM, but it's based on alignment to standards. Now that's a really important part of the equation, but it's not the full part of the equation. And so that's what this, tool is meant to do is to be an add to and and barbara you might want to just talk a little bit about uh you know because it was barbara's thought of what we aren't trying to create something totally new that people have to say oh gosh now we just got to do it all over there but something they could add when they're reviewing curricula
2: yeah i don't know if you all want to ask something specifically about that but um uh yeah this is we consider this tool an addition to a way of um really Digging into the, the 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 reading comprehension, the knowledge building piece, um, and, and that is why we explicitly left out the foundational skills. Um,
3: we had a debate about that initially, but Barbara convinced me I really got it and she was right. Go go keep going, Barbara. About
2: that, if you want to, we didn't want to suggest. I, I I sort of worried that if we included that, which is not to say that those foundational skills aren't vitally important. We're real real clear about that. Our website makes that clear. It all begins there, and yet there are other good tools out there that 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 do a pretty fine job of of laying those expectations out there. There aren't tools that do uh, as. The, the important job that we feel that this one does of laying out and really driving people's understanding and contributing to the field's understanding of what knowledge building is and and the important uh, science that there is, uh, you know, about about that as well.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. And that's, uh, I'd love to go back to something that Sue said, um, and that before we dive into the tool, Sue, you mentioned this idea of random acts of knowledge, right? That any, anytime we're reading something, we are building knowledge, our knowledge, but there's a difference between a coherent knowledge build and kind of like a randomized knowledge build. So I'm wondering if you can kind of elaborate on that, right? Like what's the difference between these random acts of knowledge and a knowledge building curriculum? Because on the Knowledge Matters campaign site, we do have eight uplifted as knowledge building curriculum. And I'm just thinking if I were a teacher listening right now, I'd be like, well, what is the difference between maybe what I have, not one of those eight, and those eight that are listed as knowledge building curricula?
3: So do you want me to start, Barbara, and then you can uh, in from there? So part of it is um, a sustained attention to a topic. So you're reading several texts on a topic. You're building your knowledge about the world, right? It's not based on a reading strategy or the standard of the day or whatever. It is built on, we're going to take two to three weeks, could do more, um, where we're really going to deepen our knowledge on a particular topic. And that means that we're reading about it, we're writing about it, we're talking to each other about it, um, we're reading a volume of reading. So we're doing all those things that are interconnected to build our knowledge. And that's very different. And I'd also draw a difference between topics and themes. We've come down heavily on topics because sometimes, you know, you can look at a theme and um, first of all, I'm not sure kids get themes, but be that as it may. Um, but then you look at them and then there's, 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 they're, 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 they're sort of big and loopy and they stuff a lot of stuff in. So one week you're reading about, um, you know, photosynthesis and the next week you're reading about railroads or you're reading about, you know, coming of age or something like that. It's amazing what they can stick on. a theme. <laughs> so those are, those are curricula that mainly look at, sort of a reading strategy or a standards that they're trying to get. And so this text you can do use this standard with this text you can use. And it's totally different when you're dealing with a, a curricula that's been designed for building knowledge. Barbara, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that.
2: No, I think that's great. I mean it's it's really all about this um, oral language development and the need to build these mental schemas so that students can uh, uh attach uh, uh, as they're learning something new it attaches to something um and that that that's that that velcro that stickiness that Marilyn Adams and 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 so many others have talked about and and that's how i mean students learn when more, when they know something about, uh, uh, the, uh, a topic and, and they can recognize familiar vocabulary and so forth. So we want to create that stickiness and that doesn't happen when you're switching from one topic to the next, when you're reading articles on, on, you know, all, all kinds of, um, w- whether these, whether these, Articles are put together primarily to uh, provide an opportunity to, to to focus on a on a comprehension strategy, or if they're just you know we're sort of thrown together for whatever other reason. We want to give students that sort of assist that opportunity to become to become experts and to begin to make those uh, create those uh, those schemas in their in their brains, and so that's you know really why these uh, all of these curricula doing it in different ways, obviously, but lean on that, um, the importance of of, uh, creating that familiarity and building building knowledge, not just, it's certainly not, and you all have talked about this well in the past, it's not accessing knowledge, it's building content knowledge in the disciplines and and with rich vocabulary that is both academic and domain specific and, and creates those schemas in the brain.
3: And I don't want to leave out the joy of learning. I mean, once the last time I uh, heard from my grandkids, um, a strategy they learned, it's reading strategy they learned at school or the standard they're working. No, I hear about what they're reading about, what they're learning about. So it's partly that as well. And when you watch kids go deep into a topic, Barbara does, has done that through her Knowledge Matters It's amazing what you hear students are able to share and do. And they love being an expert. They love that.
2: And, and I think um, you know you all asked so why did we did this and I, I, I kind of jumped over this um, it became it, it became increasingly important for us and I think Sue's going to talk just a moment here about what these domain what is what is sort of packed into these eight domains but it became increasingly important for us to um let folks know that there are curricula out there that are sort of wrapping themselves in the knowledge flag and, um, and, and, and really aren't doing that in this sustained way that sort of builds those schemas that, 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 um, build, build on, uh, knowledge and, and, um, and, and do so over a sustained period of time in the way that these curricula do. So, um, that's, uh, That was a concern that we have, that as the importance of background knowledge is better understood and better valued, Um, And that review committees and others are um, and and state agencies and so forth are saying it's important that you have not unlike back in the day with the Common Core folks, Mm -hmm. you know, putting slapping Common Core, you know, onto uh, onto a a book and saying that it is Um, we didn't um, you know, we wanted to begin to distinguish those that at least we uh, feel are um, are in a different in a different league.
0: I was thinking the same thing, Barbara, with the Common Core Aligned stickers and then now Science of Reading Aligned, <laughs> right? Any, any of the buzzwords that come out, yep, we see them all the time. So, yeah, we do want to dig into the actual tool now so people can get a better understanding of it. Um, like you mentioned, Barbara, there's eight different, are they domains? Dimensions. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Sue. Um, and I wanted to really pause at number one, because when I personally read it, I, you know, the title is laser like focus on what matters most for literacy. And I went to Lori and I go, what matters most for literacy? Oh, my, like, <laughs> what does that mean? That's a, that's a, a meaty statement for dimension number one. So I really was hoping we could spend a little bit more time probably on that one and just kind of unpacking it for us. So Sue, do you want to jump sure, in? And we sure.
3: Can- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Uh, What this is, um, is an initial swat at bloated and bulky curricula that include everything in them. Um, And we know, uh, so in choosing curricula, we want to say to people, be careful of the bulk and the bloat. But people who also have to use a curriculum because it's what they've purchased, it's what they have, they aren't going to get another choice. Look for these things because we've uh, we've talked to people in districts that have one of these basils, and you can find teachers that don't know what to focus on or focus on stuff they used to focus on. And so, what we did is we laid out, um, and you'll see here. Even though um, we don't have uh, the dimension of foundational skills, we say foundational skills really reading complex texts and the communal reading of complex texts where students are working with one another is there, volume of reading to build students knowledge and their vocabulary because it's a great way to build um, to build vocabulary and then making sure that students are writing and, and talking about what they're reading because sometimes you can see writing siloed or you can see students who are going to be have been in collaboration and it's all about how they're collaborating with one another, but we want it to be about what they're collaborating about. Then what this section does is it says, um, and I say this as an author of the Common Core, oh, standards are not curriculum. and don't just pick one and put that for the Tuesday and Wednesday move on and there, it shouldn't be the focus of daily instruction. And 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 you all know, Maureen Melissa better than anybody about how important it is in literacy to to have sort of a holistic view. So you're reading and writing and talking and you know um, reporting on what it is that you're reading. And so there's a there's a sense that we want people to. Yes, pay attention to standards because they do set out the complexity, the sophistication, the challenge of what you're supposed to be speaking uh, or learning about. But it doesn't say the how, and so and and how to use the standards. So we want to say, ooh, careful about the standards because there's all this. Oh, we're aligned to standards. Oh, we're aligned to standards. And then we take another look at reading strategies again huge research base for reading strategies really 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 important but once you teach them to kids they should activate them when they're having trouble you don't activate them every single day of your lives and every single time you're reading so much time is spent in, spent on that now it's important because text structure is one of those like how is the information coming to me is it problem solution is it sequential what's going on because then i can begin to follow where the author is taking me but it's not the purpose of the reading I want to be able to learn from what we're reading, and then the final criteria in in that criterion in that in that section is just all about it's about bulk bulk and load, and it's also about sustained attention on a topic and how important that is. So there's sort of it's sort of the whole kit and caboodle, and then when you think about um, Melissa, the 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 ideas that we say are most important that have a substantial formidable research base to them, each one of those is taken um, on in 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 one of the next four or five dimensions, and it's it 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 deals with both what the standards say because it's important, and you know what is the complexity, but then it tells you how. What the research tells us, not just what Barbara and Sue and Barreth and Davis, but how the research tells us to handle those. So that's why it's so important that any rubric you're looking at isn't just about standards alignment but is also about knowledge building.
0: I wanted to back up to one of those that you mentioned, Sue, which was the strategies because you know one of the things we've heard a lot for pushback kind of against uh, content rich ela is that, they don't focus on these reading strategies and there is research behind it. Do you want to just reiterate? <laughs>
3: oh, I yeah, I will, I will, I will. And I'll say that once students learn them, they can use them. You don't have to keep teaching them. And um, I remember there was something um, that Tim Shanahan and I communicated about. And he was saying, you know, it is a waste to use reading strategies on a text you're able to access and understand what good readers do is they access the strategies. Like if I'm reading about physics, right? I'm almost immediately lost. So what do I have to do? I have to kind of figure out what's what, where's the author taking me? How's the author offering me this information? Oh, here's a question I have. Did, did the author here she answer that earlier or later? Or is it a question I want to ask myself? Those are things. Once you teach them, Kids have got them. Now you might, you might remind students to use them, right? And you may do, do some, um, more teaching on text structure, right? Um, with a particular text that maybe, you know, you want students to understand how the information comes to them. All that's legitimate and important to do. But again, the reason we read is to learn stuff. And I feel like for decades, you know that we sort of got away from that. It was like about the reading strategies. Yeah. It was about the standards. It wasn't about well, what am I actually learning? Um, and and I and I and I think that's one reason why you sometimes hear kids say, you know, reading because it's not about the joy of learning stuff.
2: Yeah, I think I think. Oh, go ahead, Barbara. It it just seems to me to be one of the really, really important um, statements in this review tool, that the curriculum is designed to seamlessly integrate these practices. Um, in reading, writing, speaking, listening, and facility with language. And from my experience in visiting over 40, I think it's about 45 districts across the country now over the five-year history of the Knowledge Matters School Tour, that's what these curricula do so powerfully, is that, yes, these these strategies are important, but absent guidance from either good curriculum or, um, or you know, knowledge of how to do it themselves. Uh, teachers have been left to you know, sort of largely sort of focus on the standards, and and, and the standards are in many ways sort of um, statements of of, strategy, of, of strategies, in, in, in many cases, and to try to figure out how to do that themselves. Whereas here, you've got a you know a professional team that's uh, labored for for many years. And curated, elegant, uh, rich texts with purpose, and this and this build over the years, and so forth, and seamlessly integrated those strategies at the right place and in the right way, and 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 not. Um, I mean, I have just great. Um, empathy and regard for the attempt that teachers made in D.Y., uh, you know, do, do it themselves sort of curriculum development over the years and taking the standards and, you know, started uh, working, working back from there. But this is uh, this is done so much more um, uh, subtly, but purpose purposefully and, um, and and integrated in appropriate ways with the right sort of dosage, I guess, if, if you will. But with the with the premium, with the priority, with the purpose being the um, the uh, you know the, the the content, putting the content in the foreground and 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 really um, building that knowledge over time.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, Barbara. Is that like what's in the foreground? It's not that we're getting rid of it. I mean, I don't even know what that would look like if we totally got rid of strategies and standards. Like they just read a text and then write what they knowledge they built. I don't think that's <laughs> what any of you, the knowledge building curricula do. I, I'm not familiar with all of them, but I, what I've seen is, like you said, but a really integrated and smart Like use of, okay, we're going to summarize here because it's going to help you understand what's happening. Or, or let's talk about what the theme of this text is because this is the time <laughs> that it's going to help you make sense of this text and what and what you learn from it. Um, so, so I think that, that that makes total sense to me is that that they're all still there but it's just that knowledge is in the foreground standard strategies
2: are helping and and the connection to the writing too and I know Sue will talk about this when she talks about that that dimension uh, particularly but it never ceases to surprise me how recent in our experience has been and probably in many cases still is the, the, um, the practice of completely separating writing instruction from what students are reading and discussing. And, and, um, because I, when I talk with folks in, um, you know, out on the school tour and, and I think I might've shared this with you all before. Um, honestly, the first, when, when we start to, um, uh, sort of interrogate and ask interview uh, educators like what's the first thing that changed for you what did you notice you know even in those first couple months and they talk about the writing and and then so we would tease that out a little bit and find out that You know, it's not so surprising because um, kids uh, are writing about things that they that they know and that they just that they just learned. Instead of it being, you know, later in the afternoon on some prompt that has nothing to do with what they're uh, learning uh, earlier in the day. Um, I, I, I love the story of the little girl that, 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 that said to me, you know, when I asked her why she, you know, she liked writing so much more now than she did, uh, the year before when they were using a different curriculum. And she said, she looked at me and said, well, because now I have something to write about, (laughs) you know, anyway, it's, it's this integrated, you know, um, nature of the work that is so important about these curricula and that I think you'll see sort of embedded throughout this tool.
1: Yeah. I see that juxtaposition in the field as well. Um, I've been in classrooms and teachers will say the same thing. Like I notice students are writing so much more and their writing is so much more powerful and cohesive. But then I also hear that same pushback of like, oh, the curriculum doesn't, not in the same classrooms usually, <laughs> but the the curriculum doesn't teach writing explicitly. And I think it's because it is like we've talked about in the background instead of in the foreground. And it's really difficult if all we've known or all we've seen in the past has been the traditional basal types of curriculum that we're unfamiliar with these new structures, right? Like I've even heard, you know, the the curriculum doesn't teach reading strategies. This curriculum doesn't teach writing, all of these things. But then when you, Barbara, like you said, when you kind of nail down teachers are like, wow, the writing is the biggest thing that I see improve. And I mean, even personally, my own daughter, when COVID hit, I was working with her at home using one of the high quality curricula. And she was in third grade. And her writing from then is eons better than it is now, now in sixth grade with um, a, a workshop model, because she's not writing about anything connected to reading. So it's just these like stories, you know? Um, And when I look at the third grade stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, you were, your writing was so much better because it's, you have something to write about. You've become a vocabulary expert on the topic. You are implementing all of the cool skills that you've learned because you don't have to think about the content as much, right? Like your brain is free to do that. So I think that's like really important that it just, it's, it's different in how it's laid out. And so just really encourage anyone listening, like teachers, leaders, like really be detectives here with this tool.
2: Right. Uh, Um, I love that you said that because that's the advice that I give to folks too. I mean, when you, when you really look at and begin to sort of study these, these, these eight dimensions, you'll see Sue uses the metaphor of sort of how it all gets knitted together. And I, and I really like that because yeah, you're, you're sort of describing the experience of, oh, it doesn't have strategies. It doesn't have writing. That's because it's not, you know, it's not being, is sort of a separate thing that's, you know, that, 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 that's taught in isolation. But I, I remember, um, the first, uh, this, this happened to actually be a Witten Wisdom, the first uh, visit that we made to a district using the Witten Wisdom curriculum. And they said, uh, the, the, the folks said, we could never have put this together as elegantly as it was done here. You know, and it's just that 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 sort of that knitting that uh, that Sue talks about. Anyway, Sue, I, I'm, I'm sure that um, we're ready for you to start to talk about some of the other ones, right?
3: Do you want me just... You want me to do like a little whirlwind, so I'll take you I'll take you through it. It's really, really quick because I know people can look at it and study, but just so you kind of understand what's there and how it works together. So the first one is about the communal close reading of complex text. Now in standards, they've got complex text, grade level complex text, very important to uh, pay attention to but what the tool does is talks to you about what the research says about repeated encounters and now what we're talking about is also some sort of a uh, some sort of a uh, culminating assignment which there's a lot of research about is once I've read a lot and talked a lot, it's really good for me to, pull my knowledge together and ask me to talk to you about it or write to you about it. And really important. So that's what one of the research says. So again, this is going beyond the standards into the research. Then we come to, we've talked about vocabulary and how important it is um, to have routines so that it's built in. We talk some, because those standards deal with vocabulary, really important. But we also know one of the most important things is that you don't just teach a word with a definition, that students have to, in context, many things in context, you can play games into out of context, but that students use the vocabulary. You mentioned it, Lori, in the writing, that when your daughter was writing, she was pulling some of the vocabulary that she had learned about. That's how it gets stuck in our brains. It doesn't get stuck in our brain by just looking at, oh, here's a word and here's a definition. So again, going beyond um, the standards and the connection to reading. So when you're when you're learning vocabulary, one of the best ways and fastest way to learn vocabulary is to read a volume of reading, which is what comes next, right? So one, and Barbara referenced this earlier, there's one text sort of bootstraps the next text. So that I'm reading in a context, I'm sort of I get I'm sort of getting them getting the vocabulary and getting the syntax. Vocabulary may be expanding, maybe a little bit different, but I'm I understand more so I can get more of the vocabulary, which becomes Really, really important, and this is a place too where we actually name that you should stay with a topic for two to three weeks. Um, <clears throat> we know that's what um, students like to do. It's what it's how you can go how you can go deep, and then you want them talking about it. And here, what we really want to do is make sure that there are lots of the cur- curriculum talks a lot about um, talking together and building sort of a community of learners. So it goes beyond the standards again. Here's what you want to be as a good collaborator, but here's what we want you to do when when you um, build the knowledge. And then writing, we've just done that sort of in spades about how important it is to be able to do that and the fundamentals of writing, which we've talked about. But again, those can be in the background, in the context of your writing about what you're reading. And so that takes us through the content pieces. And then we have two more. One of them is making sure that all students have access to grade level content. It sounds like a duh, but it still is happening in places. You can use a basil and do leveled reading, and that's all you do. And we've heard places that do that because that's what they've done before. And then this notion of, which I know there's a lot more talk about now about what's relevant, sort of the the mirrors, the windows, the sliding doors. Really important. Not that students only read about themselves, but they learn about others. But they also see themselves reflected in their readings, which which feels relevant and powerful to them. And then the last one is about ease of enacting curriculum. Now, if you ask us about the the eight that are there that we have on the website, they're different. And depending upon your your teaching staff and the turnover and everything else, you might choose one or the other. But what's really important is that there are you can. Watch as you know as we dig into those curricula to be able to write the little blurbs. You can see that there are routines that that come in and to, to, to both, and they're helpful to teachers, right? Because you don't have to teach something new each time. Students get used to it, so they know when they're going into a group to discuss what they're going to do you know and when they're going to write how they're going to do it maybe they're going to talk about it first etc so there are these routines that are really helpful to teachers and then there's an educative part of it and 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 Barbara's done interviews uh with with folks that have taken on a new curriculum how important it is that they understand the why the why of the how of what's being done that it's not just okay here you do go do a new thing don't worry about it just we're telling you now to do it but that they actually explain, actually explain the why. And that's the
2: dual. I think that's one of the really, uh, another um, really important feature of these curricula that that I like to talk about and I think is um, maybe undervalued. And that is the uh, extent to which and, and so we're inviting. This is an invitation to those who are uh, reviewing curriculum to consider and give weight to, because it's important the um, the the fact that it's not just a um, you know designed to advance student learning, but it's designed to support and advance uh, educators' understanding of the why and 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 how this um, knitting, uh, this, this very sort of advanced level of, of knitting, uh, gets, gets accomplished. So, um, you know, there's some examples of, uh, that these curricula include samples of student responses, tips for effective feedback, models of exemplary practice, explanations of how program elements facilitate student learning, and so forth. So, that is one of the other things that we hear so often when we're out on the school tour that um, teachers will say that they, um, things like, I was getting ready to leave. I'd about decided I was done. And this has rejuvenated my passion for, for, uh, for, or teaching. Um yeah, no, I mean, uh, me too, Laurie. I mean, I, I it, it's 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 moving, and so in fact, on the Knowledge Matters website, where we actually curate a number of the videos that we have amassed over these uh, many different school districts that we visited, we you can sort by by benefit. You know, um, certainly benefits for social emotional learning and academic um, uh, progress and and student um, engagement and and equity and these kinds of things. But we also have some of these teacher benefits, professional satisfaction, opportunities for collaboration and and, and that kind of thing. So um, I think holding a curriculum to that kind of uh, expecting that a that a curriculum can support educators in being better and better at their craft is not an un, is not an unreasonable thing, a, 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 and and in fact we feel that these eight, eight curricula that we that we identify do that do that quite well, and that it, it is a reasonable expectation of reviewing um, committees, you know, to to look for that.
0: And I just love the idea. The knitting idea is sticking with me. <laughs> um, I just. I think it's amazing because when I look at all those dimensions, I, I still see people who are asking for a separate writing curriculum or a vocabulary program and, and wanting those like separate, uh, we, we did it. <laughs> Lori's been there too, where we had our separate vocabulary book and we did that at a different time. We did our writing over here. Um, and so it, I just love hearing you all talk about the way it's all knitted together and it comes together and all for this purpose of building knowledge in the end.
2: You know, I think this is a nice opportunity for me to, um, to um, acknowledge that uh, this tool was developed by the three individuals, Susan Pimentel, Meredith Lieben, and David Lieben, who really were the authors of the um, publisher's criteria and the the instructional shifts that were um, unveiled and, and that so many educators studied and, um, and suffered over and, 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 and really embrace, you know, sort of uh, increasingly made their own as this shift in practice from the uh, uh, in the, in the wake of the common core um, occurred. And I, I, as head of the organization that has, um, uh, you know, is, is offering this to the world thinks of this as sort of the next chapter in, in that work. And so it really does represent Sue and Meredith and David's, Evolution, you know, and and um, and contains their best sort of thinking about how the standards uh, really do um, show up, and and how we should be expecting publishers, you know, in the early days of the publishers' criteria. Though, well, Sue could probably <laughs> speak to this. It'd be an interesting, you know, they um, sort of did the best you know the, the, the best that they could in sort of discerning what it was going to take for publishers to um achieve these standards but we've learned an awful lot since then and we've seen how some publishers have been able to do it and and some of the you know the things that have um worked and and not in their in their you know next versions of of those curricula and and that really is that that learning that observation the 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 results of those um uh uh, some, in some cases, experiments, in some cases, um, uh, you know, really success um, is is sort of baked into uh, this tool, we think.
3: And, you know, I'm going to underscore just one point, because we've done so much talking about the joy of building knowledge, the importance of building knowledge. And I don't know that, I know people probably know this, but there's like 50 years of research that says, the more I know about the world, the better reader I become. The better reader I become, the more neuro- knowledge I can access and learn. So they're, they're deeply, deeply intertwined. Um, and so it isn't, it isn't like, well, all of a sudden we don't care about reading comprehension anymore, because of right. course we do. Um, and knowledge is a pathway towards it, a huge pathway towards, towards that. So I just wanted to put that out there since we've, people have talked about sort of siloed or do you still care about? What kind of readers students are? Yeah, that's kind of that's one of the whole points besides being great thinkers and 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 knowing a lot about the
2: world. So this gives me a nice opportunity to um, announce that um, Sue and Meredith and David have uh, developed and, and we will be releasing probably later this month, not this month, November, um, this month, uh, December. Um, a research compendium so for each of the uh criteria that make up these eight dimensions uh we will be you know sort of annotating what where the research um for that for that uh claim that that expectation that demand that we should have of curricula you know why why that's there what what, what the research says about that that's so okay. um we're going to eat that up
1: we're going to dig into that and bring that bring that to our listeners for sure so but thank you for doing that that's awesome
3: well you know how people ask you know I mean you know how people ask you know yeah well is this just like what y'all think um uh you know or is it it can you substantiate it so we say yeah we can substantiate we want to
0: I think we just have a couple quick questions of like sort of myths or things we've heard that we just wanted you all to you know give your thoughts on um, one of them being you kind of brought this up with um, younger readers you know we, we know foundational skills are really important for those younger readers. Where does this where does this knowledge building and where does this tool specifically how does it fit for students who are just learning how to read right if they they might not be able to read those books on their own how, do, how does this work
3: for them? Well, wow. I just can't I just have to dig in here so yeah, knowledge building right from the start. I mean, yeah, they can't read the text. So they're not going to, you know, the text they're learning to read, which is three or four words on a page and, you know, repeats and does all of that. But read aloud, um, you know, talking about things and read alouds that are obviously above grade level, what they can't do themselves. So, um, and 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 Barbara will say this because on the Knowledge Matters websites, it says right from the start. Um, and one that interests the students. So there's joy of learning, but it's also that, that uh, I, I think, That uh, uh, and this was partly when we were putting the tool together. You know, we think about read alouds a lot and sort of K two, but they're still useful for several grades later. Now that doesn't mean that's all students should be doing is listening to something, but it is. It I think our I think our reading ability and our listening ability doesn't catch up until um, I remember Edie Hirsch said this to me. It doesn't catch up until in the middle middle school years, and so there's lots of ways when the 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 little younguns. Um, they want to learn about all kinds of things. And so right from the start.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to flip through quickly and I'm not going to be able to, uh, a rubric from a, um, a state that will remain nameless that talks about students only reading text that they have some, you know, knowledge of or something like that. Um, and, uh, it's kind of crazy making this idea that, you know, we, we learn to read and then we reread we to learn because the fact is um you, you that can that can and should begin at the very youngest of of grades i mean increasingly there are wonderful decodable texts that build knowledge at the same time too but what sue's talking about and, and what we're you know sort of most familiar with is the opportunity for kids to at, at least in their first or second uh, reading of a text for that to be done communally and um you know through through a read aloud so uh and then they, you know, get exposed to these wonderful words and start to, um, one of the one of the most popular blogs that we've ever put out was one that Sue and Meredith and David wrote that's on uh, the Knowledge Matters website. Um, gosh, I don't even remember the name of it. So it's called Dinosaurs. Um, but, you know, this one, too. Yeah, I think
1: it's the dinosaur effect. I'll link it in the show notes. I'm linking everything.
2: It's sort of that phenomenon, like, you know, why, how is it that two and uh, three-year-olds, yeah, two and three-year-olds know so much about dinosaurs And because they like- And they can
3: say the names, these names that are like, you know, 25 letters or something like
2: that. I know. Little little kids like being experts as as much as any of us, right? Maybe even more so. And so we need to give them the opportunity to, to be so. And read alouds are in the, are under
3: one of the dimensions. So we, we specifically call them That's out, great. Melissa, really important.
2: Awesome.
1: I just linked actually an episode we did on read alouds very recently in our show notes. So if you haven't listened to it and you're looking for a direct compliment to this conversation, there's a link in the show notes to that. Um, and within those show notes, there's a resource to a book. So great. But I have, an, I have one more question and this is one we get all the time. I'm so excited for this particular question. So if ELA curriculum is content rich, can it replace social studies and science and why not?
2: There are two important notes that accompany this tool on the first page of the the document. The first one being the one that we've talked about, and that is that we specifically uh, did not uh, include criteria for evaluating a curriculum's uh, foundational skills build, because we think that there are other tools out there that do that. And we wanted to be really clear that this wasn't trying to be an all-encompassing tool. The second one says that building knowledge through content-rich ELA curricula should never be considered a substitute for strong history, social studies, and science instruction in the elementary grades. And in the presence of high-quality curriculum and instruction in these disciplines, which will include opportunities to use and practice one's literacy skills, we can imagine that time dedicated to English language arts might be brought back in line with other disciplines. I mean, this is, this is my dream is that um, increasingly high quality social studies and science curriculum will become the norm in elementary schools. And that uh, as a consequence, because, what I consider to be high quality science and social studies curriculum uh, teaches a lot of important content. And in doing so has students read, (laughs) write, speak, and listen about those things (laughs) that they will be doing more of it, but it won't necessarily all be during the ELA block. The reason for it is, is, you know, sort of obvious in the, in, in, in the, Passion that uh, students have about about learning those the, the, those areas, the, the, that content. Um, I've been out on a um, over this past year. We've probably visited more schools to to learn about their implementation of high quality science instruction at the elementary grades than we have even in ELA classrooms to uh, d- d- districts that have adopted ELA curricula. Um, and those visits don't feel A whole lot different in many ways in the sense in the presence that we're seeing of the literacy skills that are being um, that are being practiced, that are being used Um, boy in a well run um, in in a classroom where they're using some of these better science curricula. These kids don't even know that they are getting the writing practice that they are because they're just so feverishly taking their notes about their experiments and so forth. Um, but certainly, the passion that um, that these kids have um, for, in in this case, science. We haven't started visiting schools that are using high quality uh, history and social studies curriculum. Kind of chomping at the bit to do that, but we obviously need uh, some um, improvement in the in this in the in that universe of, of HQIM (laughs) social studies Um, a a lot of progress been made on the science front, but yeah, I mean, if if, to say nothing of the knowledge that we need our young people to have in these content areas, they uh, animate the heck out of little kids to be learning about these, these topics. And I will, you know, Whenever, even before I went on a school tour visit that was focused on a particular content area, um, but but more on ELA, when I ask kids what their favorite subjects are, history and science always come up as first, you know, it, 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 at, at the top of the list.
0: Well, to wrap things up with you all, a um, couple of things about the tool that we've learned. One. This is just one tool that people should use as they are reviewing curricula not the only tool but one especially if they are digging into looking for a knowledge
2: building curriculum.
0: It can be found on the knowledge matters website, correct?
2: <laughs> that's where I found it. Right. Um knowledgematterscampaign.org, that's right, it's right on the on the homepage. homepage. And is there are there any other tips
0: that you want to give if people are interested in using the tool?
3: One thing that Oh, I was just going to say one thing we heard when we did a webinar on it, where people said, well, are you doing trainings on it? And we said, well, no, but people can use what's on the Knowledge Matters campaign website. So we have blurbs about each one of the the, the eight that we think are superb. And you can see, uh, you can train people and say, you know, here's the dimension, here's the criteria for this dimension, Go see if you can find it in the ripes. Now, the ripes are small, you know, short, not made to be, whatever. But it's a way for people to kind of get a sense of what they should be looking for. So that was one of the questions that had come up for us. Sorry, Barbara.
2: No, I think the only other thing that I would say and that we didn't really have a chance to talk about, maybe we can come back and talk about it when we've got a little bit more to um, say and um, and claim as success. And that is that, um, you know, because of so many of the, the so much legislation that has been, you um, uh, uh passed in in recent years about the science of reading uh, a number of state departments of education are being um, uh, required to develop, Review processes to ensure you know not, not all of those laws, but many of those laws have have a curriculum component and and say that you know that, that the se that, that the state education agency needs to uh, identify a list of curriculum that is a science of reading aligned, and so we have been in conversation with a few states. I would say almost like a number of states already, um, that are interested in using this tool and, and, and asking us sort of how to, to, your question, Melissa, you know, given that it's not a, the entire, we're not trying to replace anything that's out there. We're not trying to replace ed reports. We're saying, this is your, your, um, your add on, you know, for digging really deep to it, it, on the knowledge piece if that is of interest to you and it should be. Um, and, and actually there's one state already, uh, Wisconsin, that has recently issued a, um, in response to legislation, a, a committee was put together that was, uh, tasked with creating a, a rubric. And, um, this tool is, um, Um, adopted almost in toto along with other things but uh, there are many of these criteria that you will that we've been talking about today that are embedded in that that states um, rubric already that will be used to um, you know create a a list of curriculum coming up and and as I said there are about um, five other states that we've been some conversation with uh, uh, already about that so and 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 so that's my last way of saying it's on the website poach it Take it, use it, adapt it, make it your own, you know?
1: All right. Well, it's in our show notes as well. It's here. Please use it. If you're listening, reach out with questions. We always respond and answer. And we can't thank you enough, Sue and Barbara, for everything that you've done to make this come to the hands of educators who so desperately need it. So thank you so much.
2: Well, and we can't thank you all enough for the great work that you do. Um, we're, we're big fans, and um, and your work is really, really important. So thank you.
1: Thanks for listening, Literacy Lovers. To stay connected with us, sign up for our email list at literacypodcast.com.
0: And to keep learning together, join the Melissa and Lori Love Literacy Podcast Facebook group. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter.
1: If this episode resonated with you, take a moment to share with a teacher friend or leave us a five-star rating and
0: review on Apple Podcasts. Just a quick reminder that the views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of the Melissa and Lori Love Literacy podcast are not necessarily the opinions of Great Minds, PBC, or its employees.
1: We appreciate you so much, and we're so glad you're here to learn with us.